So how does a young, hip couple just starting out in life, consisting of a girl from South Central Los Angeles and a dude from Snoop Dogg's hometown of the LBC, how do they afford a $700,000 home in LA County? Well, it happened, and you can learn from their journey. Here is their real-world story. What's happening, everybody? How are you? I'm David Sedoni, the How to Buy a Home Guy. And if you're catching this when it first comes out, it's time for another holiday miracle. December 2019, and this is your inspirational story that's going to make all those Lifetime Hallmark movies look like schlock. Not like they don't already, but that's another story. This is such an inspirational story. It's real, and it's chock full of incredible nuggets of first-time buyer wisdom. I mean, so much real, powerful information. You are going to learn so much from this interview. These guys are amazing individuals. So it comes straight from the horse's mouth, and this story is totally real. The cool thing is, I was the realtor on this one. Uh, Those of you who don't know, I'm a realtor with EXP Realty here in Southern California. Myself and my team have been helping people buy and sell houses since 2006, so a little over 13 years or 13 years or something. And in early 2019, I actually got disgusted with the way that first-time homebuyers are being ignored and mistreated and probably like the most trodden upon, sorry, I'm in my Christmas vocabulary mode, the most trodden upon consumers in American consuming. It is just not fair. So... I thought that you guys being ignored and mistreated by by most of the industry sucked. So rather than quit the business altogether, I created this passion project. It's out there to correct all the injustices of the world. Sorry, I got Disney Plus, so I'm watching a lot of Marvel. So everything's about injustice. And I wanted to inform you that you have the power. You don't realize you, you got an infinity stone right in your hand and don't even know it. So here we are at the podcast, and this is a real-life story of two real-life regular people who turned into real-life superheroes. If you're new to the podcast, some of this gets pretty detailed, pretty intense on the whole home buying process. Might be a lot of words and subject matter don't make a lot of sense to you, but don't worry. Just listen up, hear this great story, grab whatever nugget you can, and then subscribe, and you can go back and listen to some of our beginner podcasts that we've got. You will not be sorry. So. As we're sitting here right now, this podcast, December 2019, in just nine months of this podcast being on the air, we've had two local Southern California listeners that have closed on their first home, 10 listeners all over the country that got their first house, and two more in escrow right now, closing before the end of the year, and over 60 people all across this great land from Hawaii to New York City, and they never thought that they could be working a plan, and they are on their way to home ownership. So how are they doing it? Well, it turns out that a good realtor is hard to find, so it's not quite as easy as everyone thinks it is. In fact, a realtor who's a real pro, someone that is going to help you in the planning of the process well before you're ready to buy, they are often, I almost said awful, I didn't mean that, yes I did, they're often elusive and difficult to find. They're so magical and mystical and rare, they're like a unicorn, so we call them unicorn realtors. Great news is a unicorn realtor is free to you. It costs you exactly the same 
as any other agent that you hire. Because whoever you hire, you don't pay for them. Seller does. Buyer secret. So I decided to start this podcast to help you not only walk through the steps of buying a home, but then give you the guide on how the hell to even get started. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Planning, baby, it's beautiful. It's going to save you tons of money in the long run. Two weeks or two years away from thinking you can do this. Heck, three, four, five years. It doesn't matter. You're here and you're listening. It's all good. And you are about to learn from Alvin and Ashley so much about how to prepare, just like they did. And then if you're getting closer to this and you're listening to the podcast, you're going to learn what to expect in the actual process of buying the home and going through the escrow, pulling the trigger. And these guys have so much great information. You want to hear how they did it? Listen up. There's tons of first-time buyer nuggets of wisdom in this interview. Lots of incredible, useful information. So whether you think you know it all or you have no clue how to plan for this, and therefore you definitely have no clue what to expect when you're getting ready to buy, listen close because no matter where you are in your journey, you're going to learn so much from their story. Alvin and Ashley, take it away. Okay, hey everybody, this is Alvin and Ashley. Say hi to the world. Hey, hey world. What's good? <laughs> So as many of you guys out there in podcast listener land know, I've been doing this for about a year now. We're at the end of 2019 and Alvin and Ashley found me on the podcast. We hooked up and now, oh my gosh, they just closed on their dream house. So guys, first of all, tell me how you feel. I think it still feels unreal because we haven't uh, got the keys yet. But yeah. once we do, I think that's when it's going to hit. And yeah. I think I'm going to cry. I feel the excitement every time I'm at work or working out or doing something and I look around and I realize this great, amazing thing that we've accomplished and no one around me knows, but I'm just like, ah, ah. It brings up something really interesting and we'll get into the whole story in just a minute, but I just wanted to say, hey, and kind of introduce everyone to you guys. But Mm -hmm. you did bring up something interesting that I wanted to help explain to people. When you buy a house, there are a million things that you think go a certain way and they don't. Like, yes. for instance, you owned the house, what are we, almost 24 hours now? Yeah, I think yeah. about, yeah, just about 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, about 24 yep. hours. But you don't get keys for like a week, right? Yep, yep. and that is a killer feeling. <laughs> <laughs> so, But it goes into the contract of the agreement or the counter, if you will, that we agreed to with the sellers. And I think that was something that we learned, not the hard way, because it still worked out so quickly. It's something that people don't tell you, that there's so many little nuances or things that could shift and you have it, but you don't get the keys right away or something like this. Or maybe you get the keys and something else comes up and you still can't quite get in, but yeah. And that's exactly why I brought it up and exactly why I wanted to talk with you guys, you know, to the rest of the world, because our time working together, I figured out that y'all smart and that's kind of cool. <laughs> And Ashley, you you just articulated a point that I've been attempting to say on the podcast before, but it helps for people to hear real life stories. Yeah. Yeah. You're not buying a car. You don't walk into the dealership and say, (laughs) I don't want that color. I don't want that seat thing. And I don't want that extra piece that, no, you -hmm. don't get to go in and say, I want one, two, three, and four, and I'll pay this much. And that's it. You're dealing with one person. And like you guys found out, we got the home at the price that worked, but homie's got 
like these giant fast and furious car things <laughs> yes. in the garage. Like I'm not kidding, yes. folks, like lifts. Like it's a two car yeah. garage that parks. It's like, like a mechanic cars. shop in that garage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he needed some time to move out, and you guys said, okay, if this price works, we'll give you some time after close of escrow, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So that's something that everyone needs to understand is that not every piece runs exactly as, as you think it is going to. You and not every counter is like a cash thing. Like it's not yeah. necessarily, oh, well, we want it at this price. And you say, oh, well, I want to pay 5K less or whatever. It's not exact yeah. like everyone made us think it sometimes was. Sometimes it's time. Sometimes it's materials in the house. Like they wanted the water softener. Features. Yeah. The bidet out of the master bathroom. Like there's, it's random as hell. It's random. <laughs> and it could have been up to us to say, well, if you want this extra time, shave off this much off the asking price. And that could have been the thing that broke the deal for them. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But that's going to be my new t-shirt with my podcast logo. It's random as hell. <laughs> <laughs> I wish more people just understood that going into it, but this is why we do this today to help people understand. Like, you know, you're talking about, I always say time and money and Alvin, you just helped me change my podcast again. It's time, money, it's materials. Uh -huh. Yeah. Random things. I mean, for God's sakes, here we are. You guys just closed on, you know, almost a $700,000 house. And we're talking about how at one point we were arguing about a bidet or not arguing, <laughs> but you know, it was like, well, we and want for our some fancy. people that could have been the thing that they loved the most about the house. Yeah. And this couple is like, we'll give you everything else, <laughs> but we want our bidet. And that could break the deal for some people. And it gets or really cause the price to go up. Yes. That's what I'm saying. It's always time and money, but there are emotions. I've seen people yeah. throw oh, yeah. stuff away because you diss their fancy bidet or their mural that they painted. Yeah. You know? Well, okay. So now let's go back and start at the beginning. Tell us about you guys. Tell the world your story. Where'd you guys come from and how are you here buying a house that is almost three quarters of a million dollars? Ooh, when you say uh, that no. number. <laughs> that was worth it just to watch your reaction. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to start first, honey? Well, okay. So my name's Alvin. I'm from North Long Beach, California, born and raised. North, North. Southern California. Um, <laughs> I don't think I could ever leave. Let's see. I don't know. Um, where do I start about my life? Um, Dude, it's an hour podcast. I, <laughs> His life was a little born before me. That's why. Yeah. Uh, understood. <laughs> but okay. So for my, I guess we could start from my day job. For a day job, I'm a QA engineer. I work with software 40 hours a week. That's like my nine to five. And my freelance job, I'm a DJ, producer. I dabble a little bit in uh, movies and pictures and photography. He's an excellent editor, creative as hell all around. Yeah, which is why this house is perfect for us because there is a creative space for me, solely for me, that will hopefully turn into a business. And I don't know, that's, that's who I am <laughs> right now. Okay, so uh, let, let me pause before we get over to Ashley, because this is the way this interview is going to go. Y'all, you know us and our time together. It's uh -huh. random meets random times five. Um, <laughs> but that's really cool, Alvin, because this is something people out there listening don't realize. You guys bought what we call a work-live space. Yes. Yeah. And it was a very unique situation. Once again, I'm really glad that you found me. A lot of um, yeah. newer agents have never been through that process have never seen anything like that before yeah. so the ground floor when you walk in is what could be a storefront a business yeah. yeah 
Mm-hmm. And then we go upstairs to your beautiful living room. And then there's the bedrooms and things above that. But Alvin, so you're going to be able to use that bottom space. But that did create something interesting for our listeners to realize that our appraisal process was different because we had to almost get a, a kind of a commercial appraisal yeah. as well yeah. as a residential, right? Yeah. Yes. It needed to be, you know, apples to apples, basically. Because they're going to be looking at what's the value of the property, but what's the value of the property is potentially something that where the bottom space could be rented or utilized yes. as an office space and a tax write-off. Yes. <laughs> that part. Yeah. Yes. And more importantly, it's almost exact for what we needed because I would always tell him, I don't want a big house. That's a lot of cleaning. I do most of that anyway. And I have my own career and I don't want for us to move into our house and we spend our whole time on our free time cleaning and maintaining it. And we both, you know, we've lived in the same apartment for seven years now with a pool. And the only time we use it is when we have our nieces and nephews over. Mm -hmm. So we know we didn't want a pool. We know we don't want a yard because where we live currently, there's a lot of shrubbery and lots of trees and plant life, which is beautiful, but it kills me during allergy season. We also get a lot of random weirdo, creepy crawlers, not like, not like, you know, pests from being nasty, but stuff you see out in the wild. Yeah. We had a praying mantis living above our door for two weeks almost. Stuff like that. Like we understood we needed a space that was just literally like, okay, we know we don't want a yard. We don't want a backyard. We're okay without a pool. We're fine with an HOA. We don't need, but more importantly, he needs a space where he can work yeah. and not disrupt the neighbors or me. Yes, that was very important because it's hard to create, especially with music and things that are loud. We live in an apartment building right now on the second floor, and I feel guilty whenever I have the music loud. But having this space here, it's a little more solid, and I, it'll just increase my creativity and my productivity because I don't have to worry about the neighbors or I don't have to worry about the certain things that I, I worry about here in our apartment currently. Yeah. And also, he doesn't have to worry about disturbing me. I leave him alone for the most part. But because the master bedroom is on the third floor, it's away from it. There's a door at the top of the stairs for his office area. And even the way the second bedroom is situated, it's towards the back, not directly above his workspace. So if we have guests or people sleeping over, or when we have a little, you know, permanent roommate come along, <laughs> he won't be disturbing. <laughs> but also- That's what we're calling them, permanent roommate. That's what I call the little home, the future little homies will be our permanent roommate. Future little homies, permanent roommates. <laughs> but, <laughs> I love it. You know, it's also, really interesting because for those of you guys who are listening, so I can explain this to you, in a lot of developing cities now, urban areas, you'll see places yeah. that are taller as opposed to wider. Yes. Yeah. And this is one of those places. And what that does for Alvin is it gives him that storefront Think of like a small beauty shop or a place mm-hmm. where like a lot of tax guys have places yeah. where it's just like a desk and a single room, but then it's a big stairway up. And now you've got that ability to be able to pump your music as loud as you want down there. Yeah. Yes, you got to get creative, <laughs> yeah. you know? And wh- I was also giggling while you were talking because those of you out there don't realize Ashley does not like bugs at all. <laughs> No. So we had a lot of discussions about bugs. Uh, <laughs> and that's one nice thing about an HOA is that your landscaping and all that stuff, it is taken care of. Safe. Yes. Yep. I'm all for the planet, which is also why we did not kill that praying mantis that was living above our door. We did swipe. Yep. 
We, we, <laughs> we swept it away. <laughs> well, it, we're seeing a lot of green landscaping now, even in California and Arizona. Yeah. We're seeing a lot of like drought resistant stuff. And, and I'm big on and things that don't require a lot of water. More importantly exactly. for me, I don't want something where, you know, not necessarily for the water bill, but we're also not offenders of using too much water living here in Southern California or in California in general with our droughts and whatnot. And global warming is coming for all of us. So yeah. that was very important to me. And of course, that kind of goes into the whole fact that it's solar powered, which was one of the oh, yeah. biggest things that I had to have. That had it not come very, that very way, cool. I had every intention of us installing it. And that was one less thing we had to do. Okay, so I'm going to put you all a little bit on, on task here. You found me through the podcast. We worked yes. on the planning. Mm -hmm. yes. We almost lost this place. Didn't yes. we? There's a why whole lot of story to Why this. don't you tell everybody and help them understand what they can do so that they don't lose their dream home and we got super lucky and it didn't hurt that you're working with me and I figured out how to finagle my way back in there and get that guy to sell us the property. <laughs> tell us the story. So you text us. It was uh, August, maybe August 10th. It was a Saturday. You let us know, hey, you know, Ashley Alvin, send me some more locations that you'd like to look in. I'll put together a package for you so that you could start scouting places for us to start going out and looking. Mm -hmm. We both were on Zillow. This one right here. <laughs> Found it. It was perfect. And they just so happened to be having An open, open house. house that day. It was around 1.15 when, when he seen it. We threw on some clothes, went over there at 2 when it started. Fell in love immediately. Like the house looked like it did on Zillow. Like the, usually the pictures don't, yeah. it's, you know, they make it look better than it is. But when we went there, it looked exactly like the picture. And it felt bigger actually too. Yeah. So it was instant. And he's not always excited about certain massive things the way I can be immediately. But it was kind of reverse. I was very like, hmm, can we do this? Is this too good to be true? Somebody's already probably putting in an offer, but I'm excited. But he was just like, like glowing. So we text you and let you know that we had this place in mind. And you're like, I knew you two were going to do that because you're so prepared usually. <laughs> you said how we're always, you know, very prepared and proactive. And you knew that we might basically go to skip to plan to step C before getting through A and B. So you went that oh, wait, wait. following Sunday. Say, say that one more time. You knew you had a feeling that we were going to skip ahead to C before we go, went through A and B. Yeah. C before A and B. That's, I just but wanted to reiterate that. All right. <laughs> you are a 24-hour guy, and I'm still amazed at how hard you work because you literally that next day, that Sunday, August 11th, you went, seen the place, thought it was perfect for us, mm -hmm. put in your you know, bid for us, even though they did actually have an offer, you begged them to like give us an opportunity. So that evening or that day, you gave us time to read through the contracts. Then that evening, you called us, coached us through everything, read yeah. everything through for us, like patience as answered every single question we had, every question we had. And mind you, we have a friend who, had, who got his license in real estate and he gave us an initial coaching. So that's why we were able to ask such good questions. But you still had all the patience in the world. Yeah. On we, a Sunday. On a Sunday. We were about to put in 10K over the asking price. Yep. And then that Monday when we were supposed to get our pre-qualification numbers from one of your wonderful loan officers, 
we both happened to not together we both were at work and it just so happened we looked on zillow and saw that it was pending and our hearts fell out of them yeah just yeah it was, right. was going to be the one that got away we went through the motion anyway with the loan officer and saw what we needed to do and what we had and for the most part we had everything together but having to offer that initial extra 10k was what was going to probably make it a little bit out of touch. Yeah. So anyway, we left well enough alone between, I'll say, so towards the end of that month, Alvin had a trip to Costa Rica. Two weeks after his trip, we had a trip together with some friends to Jamaica. Two and a half weeks after that, we had a trip to Europe, went to a few places there. So we were, we pretty much asked you like, let's just put everything on hold for now so that we're not out of touch. Mm Mm-hmm. I happened to be jet lag AF <laughs> um, when we got back. We got back October 19th, which is a Saturday. The following Saturday, I want to say the 26th. Yeah. Somewhere. I happened to be up earliest crap that Saturday morning and noticed the house was back on the market. And it went back on the market October 13th. And, and in the meantime, we gotten all your ducks in a row. Yes. yes. And we were fortunate enough that from that time in August to that to October, we had both gotten more bonuses. He vested more in his stock. Like we did more of our research in terms of what options were best to pull money from, et cetera. And it was so much more perfect that time around. Yeah. And funny enough, the two weeks that it was back on the market, they were so scared because of the other people who made the mistake that we almost made and jumped the gun and put in an offer on a place they could not afford is what saved us because instead of them wanting to, which is another thing, a side note that I I love about these sellers. I don't know them very well, but they're clearly not greedy people because they could have easily allowed people to get in a bidding war over their home and easily sold this place for seven fifty if they wanted to, it could have easily gotten that far, but lucky for us, they wanted an honest set of people they were very skeptical, but this time around, when we emailed you on, I want to say October 26th, mm-hmm. later that Saturday, same thing as Saturday, we email you like, it's back <laughs> on the market. Oh my God, this is meant to be. That Sunday, you did what you did, reached out to the, their agent, those people got it all together. The loan officer we ended up going with, we had already started getting things going and she was so thorough. She went ahead and made us do all this extra stuff. She was like, in the event, they are scared and they want their own like credit check or not necessarily credit check, but financial check. Mm -hmm. I want to go ahead and do A, B, and C so that you guys are ready. And we are so happy she did. Yeah. Because by Tuesday, we pretty much opened escrow like that week of Halloween, I'd say. Yeah. I think it was actually on Halloween that we opened escrow. Yeah. Yep. Well, this time around we were, it was tight. Like everything was together. Like, no drama. And because you're so amazing, you worked seamlessly with the person who we ended up going to, who was out of your network, who now you guys She's are going to be in my network. Is she good? <laughs> she is a good lender. But it did teach us a lesson. And after thinking we lost that, we took a step back, went in and said, okay, we know we can afford A, B, and C, but this time let's just really have it on point. Let's not have any trips or work stuff in the way so we can really focus and not be rushing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and you were so not pushy like some people 
explain definitely weren't put we, we didn't get any of those vibes at all yeah. like we, we felt like you were there to help we talked like, about you yeah. on our ride home from spain so you need different topics of conversation we were just talking about how we were planning to get the ball back rolling and how much yes. we had appreciated your patience we told you we're going to need about this much time. We didn't realize we underestimated how many how our trips that we planned because we planned these trips so long ago and we didn't realize how quick backpack, you know, to back they were. But you were patient and that. But when we hit go, <laughs> it well, was- it, it's crazy because I try to explain to people like your potential future, what you call it, your little roommate, your little homie mm-hmm. coming. Little homie, <laughs> uh, For those roommate. that don't understand what that means, that's when yeah. we have a child or children. children. Yeah. <laughs> permanent roommate. Yes. In, in my house, that's the dog. Um, <laughs> it's very much like parenting where you think you got it all figured out and then it starts and you're like, holy crap. And that's one of the great things I just want everyone to understand is that, I mean, you hear Ashley and Alvin talking to me right now. These are smart people, and I've enjoyed every conversation with you. We goof off and we laugh, but a lot of times when we have some heavy conversations, yeah. you guys are like me. We're, we're talking quickly. We're talking about yeah. you know, stock options and taxes and this yeah. and that and the other. And mm-hmm. because when you're people that, that have worked as hard as you can, I mean, we're talking about these guys. If you're not watching it on video, they're not old, folks, and they just <laughs> bought a $700,000 home, okay? So- they have to have a level of intelligence. And if you're listening and you might think that you're there, know this. Just because you have got all these things together in your life to get everything together, you still need to start the plan because yeah. you can still get ahead of yourself and you can go to C before you do A and B. And we yeah. almost lost the dream house. Yeah. You know, and our confidence. Yeah. Because you were confident because you guys worked your butt off. You know, and it was, we were so picky. We're so picky that it didn't matter if we ended up saving another 100K between now and then. If we couldn't have it exactly what we wanted, we were going to be on hold indefinitely. Yeah. And that was the thing that we lost for a second. We lost our confidence, our enthusiasm. It didn't matter that we had all of our ducks in a row in terms of our careers, paying off our debt, having met up with you, and not assuming we knew everything, because that is one thing that we both are big on. We don't assume just because we've done our research that we know everything. We still look to you and our initial meeting to tell us we're here and we think we're okay, but where can we improve? What can we tweak? What are we focusing too much energy on that is actually okay? Maybe we should be paying this off or, you know, saving this instead. That was another thing that, yeah, all of that, because we thought we lost this place, went out the door, or we were just sad as hell. <laughs> <laughs> that, no, that's the biggest one when I talk to people about is people think, okay, I'll call someone in a year. And so between now and then, I'm going to pay off my debt and I'm going to save money. What they don't realize is without a guide, you might mm-hmm. not be paying off the debt correctly and you might not be saving yeah. enough. It's not that black and white. It's not, it's, there's so many little things that you can do to help yourself that you're definitely not aware of because we thought it was like that. Pay down debt, save money, and then we can buy a house. But there's like... Have a stable career. Yeah. But we knew it wasn't that straightforward, which is why we reached out to you. The last 30 seconds, everyone out there on your phone, hit rewind for the last 30 (laughs) seconds because that's the soundbite for this story that we're sharing with people. Now they've got to know you, but they heard you, Alvin. You were just saying, you know, you think that you just save money and pay down debt. 
but it's so much more even for smarty pants like you guys. <laughs> but we understood that. And we, one of the things that we were big on was someone who was willing to hold our hand and not take for granted how much we know and how smart we are and assume we'll figure the in-betweens out because sometimes that happens. Mm-hmm. And also we needed someone who was not only good at selling and helping get a home, but financially savvy because we know like we're like advanced on the basic stuff, but we needed someone to know the like those cracks and crevices, those things that people that us an agent definitely won't talk about with their client and not even a loan officer. They don't do that either. Necessarily. You already pretty much need to have your situation ready on paper. And then they tell you what you can afford. It yes. doesn't. Yeah. And that was what we wanted. We wanted someone who, would hold our hand through this stuff and also confirm what we do know. Like, cool, you do understand this. You're accurate. Let's move on to the stuff that you don't actually understand. That was big to us. And that's a great point. I think it's something for everyone out there listening to realize that either you need to be comfortable enough with your realtor to have the big discussion or your realtor should be able to have someone to refer you to financial or whatever and have, I remember our conversation. We had a big conversation one night about your entire financial picture. Yeah. Not buying this house. We were talking about investments and stocks and 401ks yeah. and pulling money. And because guess what, gang? This is the biggest purchase of your life. Yeah. And if your realtor is either not willing to talk to you or doesn't have someone to refer you to, then congratulations, you just hired a professional door opener. That's all they <laughs> Literally, do. Literally, someone who's just waiting to cut the check. Yeah, uh-huh. Their, their part and, and be out. And that was the last thing yeah. we wanted. For me, that was one of the most fun parts of our, you know, working together was those heavy yeah. financial conversations. Because, yeah. you know, as we're talking about permanent roommates and, you know, the children and things and futures and life, I mean, that's what we're talking about. This is not, okay, let's go buy something. Yeah. This is the base for everything for y'all. Moving forward. And me being from South Central and not having lived in a house most of my childhood. And this is beyond my career and other stuff I've accomplished. This is, I guess like most people, the biggest thing I've accomplished in my life. And at one point it seemed impossible, but because I am the kind of weirdo that, runs at the things that scare me <laughs> by learning as much as I can. And I have him to be able to kind of be right there behind me fearlessly doing it. It kind of is, I feel what manifested someone like you into the situation. Yeah. Because instead of us looking to our parents or other friends, because that is the one thing that everyone loves to do after they get their home is tell you, my agent this, my loan person this, da, da, da. no, 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 no. He and I are very patient and firm on finding the person or the situation that suits us and like thoroughly like digging into it. And it can't work for just me or just him. It has to work for both of us because our lives were very different growing up, but the, like our core values are the same. And so that was the thing with you. We needed someone who has a soul. This isn't just commission you're chasing after. You care about getting us in there and how we're going to be able to maintain our life, our lifestyle once we're there. Before even looking at homes, before even looking at what we can officially afford. 
that was yeah that was a big thing we talked about was okay let's figure out your max but then let's back it up how yeah. much are you going to have left in savings when you have this yes. new account or when you have this new monthly payment are you going to be cool with that yeah you know? and how to diversify our retirement instead of thinking we had to leave that alone and use all the money we've saved up yeah and i think it's important to have these first of all you have to be comfortable with your realtor yeah. and your mortgage lender because you're going to work with these people a lot for the next however, however long. long you're in escrow or however long you're looking for a house yeah it's when you're comfortable with your realtor days, or your mortgage lender then you can have these conversations that are open and it leads to other things that will help you learn how to buy the house and the bigger picture of buying a house and it's like the easiest way or the quickest way to eat an elephant is one piece at a time and if you have the right people with the soul who care about how you're going to there once this transaction is complete it makes you can do it in in chunks yeah info and your realtor your agent and your loan officer is going to know your whole ass life excuse me your whole life <laughs> no it's okay we will know your whole ass life <laughs> your whole life <laughs> adult life anyway yes on paper yeah. and you need to be real that is very intimate <laughs> It is. And that's something that's very interesting because you guys are very well researched. And mm -hmm. at some point you have to acknowledge just because you put in a lot of research and you do a lot of thinking and work and saving to get there, you're still mm -hmm. asking a bank for half a million bucks. Yes. Yeah. They're not going to give it to you just because you got, you know, hey, this is me. I'm nice. Here's my Instagram. No, no, no. <laughs> you got to give them everything. everything. And good credit is not just enough. You may have a good amount saved up and you may have really good credit, but the kind of home you're looking for may not be in your income bracket. Or like us, we ended up having to put down a lot less than we allocated for, which was a blessing. Yeah. So you never know. You People may be stressing, thinking, I have to have 10%, which is what we always traditionally thought. And you may not even need to come anywhere near that, depending on if you have the right people yeah. Explaining the options and keeping you up to date with how the interest rates and things like that change almost on the daily. Oh, on sometimes. the daily, like three, four times a day. Yeah. yeah. And telling you what to do between now and picking a home and putting in an offer so that you don't have any big shifts that could limit you from getting the best possible interest rate or outcome. Yeah. Because I know a lot of people stress about that. We did anyway. Yeah. And what's funny is, is so many people come into it thinking, I got to have 20% and I have to get yeah. the greatest interest rate. Well, yeah. here's the truth. Last year, 2018, 1.76 million first time buyers, the average down payment was 6%. Most of them were probably three to three and a half. Mm -hmm. And the reason it's averaging six is because there were some people that were doing 20% because they got a gift from their family. So that's myth number one blown yeah. out the window. And yeah. then if we're talking about you got to have this down payment. And I completely lost my train of thought. There were two things and I don't remember. Um, what just it was. basically that if you may not have to put as much down as you think, interest rates may be interest higher rates. next year. Interest than rates. Interest yeah. rates. Interest rates. There it is. Bam. So the second myth, one, 20% down Two, I'm going to shop around like crazy for the best interest rate. The truth is the interest rate is going to change four times tomorrow. So yeah. when you shop with somebody, you're not shopping, calling the lenders. It's like gas stations. 
on one corner, there are three gas stations. They're all going to be the same price. Yeah. And in a week, all the prices are going to change, but they're all going to be the same price. You and it doesn't matter how good your credit person. is. Yeah. You got to find the person who can do the best deal. Yeah. Yes. And then whenever you're ready to lock in your loan, we call it, you're going to get the A rate if you're an A borrower, as we yeah. say in the business. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Okay. So one last thing I just got to hear because you brought it up. Ashley, tell the story because you kind of just briefly, we talked to Alvin about him and his life and you oh. kind of briefly just, just kind of skated over. Um, <laughs> My life? Yeah, yeah, girl. Because you just, for those of you who don't know, she said she's from South Central and now we just bought a $700,000 house. Tell yeah. us how you got here. I know because you're super smart, but you know, <laughs> I think it's awesome. So yeah, I'm from South Central LA. We both work in tech. I work at Snapchat. And one of the things, I'll say this because it is very relevant to my life. One of the first things that we listen to in one of David's podcasts that he says in terms of what you need to do to start the building blocks, which is something I actually did a while ago. You may have to change your career. You may have to change what industry you're in. And I used yeah. to work in fashion. I went to school for that. I loved it. But when I hit my late 20s, early 30s, I was like, it's not worth the stress, this pay, it's, it's too fickle. And honestly, I was bored. And I figured I can still be in an industry that I enjoy. I could still do something that I love, but I need to make more money. And I'm not- So you went from fashion to tech. Yes. And all through like <laughs> grit, <laughs> studying, this guy helping me using networking with people he worked with from previous tech companies. And them giving me the tools that I needed and studying on, on my own and then going from contractor to, you know, here, putting in the time at one company and then being a contractor at, at Snapchat and then getting hired on full time. But with each transition, I maintained the same title so that I was in the same industry for over two years now. And also my pay increased each time I got to a new space. You've been thinking about home ownership. Just the fact that for you were a few years, absolutely. Once I learned the same title, you knew that that was important. Yes. Yeah, I learned that from one of our friends whose father's a loan officer, and he bought a home. He's actually one of our best friends. He's the father of our goddaughter, and that was one of the things he told me about two and a half years ago. Was one of the key things is being in the same industry for at least two years, and they're going to want the bank's going to want proof of that. Yeah. So for my friends out there who are artists, which we have a few of who are artists, who are freelance, who are self-employed, if you're doing stuff under the table, you better get it together right now. Even if you need to pull it together with PayPal invoices, that was one of the things that I learned. But yeah, so going from fashion to tech, making sure to maintain the same title and also, again, increasing my income. And I knew that he had On been paper. Saving on paper, on paper, on paper, because I definitely did some consulting and some freelance work in between, but I made sure on paper, my like day jobs, <laughs> yeah. two years of tax returns and no gaps. Yeah. yeah no yeah. gaps. And that was key. But it was one of the things that stuck out to me in one of your earlier podcasts that we listened to, because we had already been living it was you, it made some people, it's hard for them to let go of a thing that's their passion. Your passion isn't always going to be your job or your career. You can be good at this thing over here and that thing will afford you time to pursue your passion. They don't always go together. Yeah. But yes, coming from South Central and it was important to me 
to live, you know, somewhere in between him being from Long, North Long Beach, me being from where I'm from. And also we both work in Santa Monica, but we cannot stand living the idea of living in West LA or Santa Monica or that because it's tiny, it's crowded and it's overpriced. So it was important to us to find that perfect medium where I can still be close to my mom and my cousins and family in South Central and his family in Long Beach. And like, we're just in that nice little sweet spot. But yeah, that's me, <laughs> LA girl, getting closer to home, but in like a nice sweet spot so I can still, we have that much faster of a commute to work. Yeah. I do love what I do, but it's not what I do in my free, well, no, that's not true. I do really love Snapchat. I, I like to use it a lot. I do like <laughs> if I didn't tell the truth on that, but yep. I did have to commit to, I'm going to need more money if I still want to live in Los Angeles County. I love, LA is my home. And I guess that's why I keep bringing up where I'm from, him as well. Long Beach is a part of Los Angeles County. And it was important to us to be able to afford to live in our home county more than anything else, which is a huge accomplishment considering how expensive it is. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that was, was interesting. When we started at the beginning, you were like, you said, oh, we want this one little town. And I know Gardena, the place where we ended up buying. And I was like, okay. And then all of a sudden, this property, which was the perfect mix of everything that you guys yes. could ever ask for, and yeah. I mean, all the way down to Alvin's DJ basement, I mean, it just appeared and it was right there. And because you had put the work in after the first time when you were, went C before A and B, uh, <laughs> but after that, you guys were so lined up that we were in a position to actually purchase your dream home and we'll be there in a week. Yes. So. And one of the things that was our spill when we first met you, which, by the way, for those of you listening, if you reach out to this man, know that he is going to be within touch very quickly. So are you calling is, me a stalker? <laughs> not in a stalker sense. You don't waste any time. And that was very important to us because I can be very chop, chop, chop kind of person. And you do it with such ease and enthusiasm that I was like, oh, yeah. This is it. Yeah. I can't believe you said chop, chop, chop. My dad, <laughs> in the Sedoni house, I'm not kidding. There are two plaques of, <laughs> say, chop, chop. Because <laughs> my, dad, he's my dad, he's like, chop, 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 chop. We got to get yes. moving. And, get and, well, together. it's a competitive market right now. You know, I mean, we almost didn't get it the first time because it was already in escrow. And yeah. we all have to work together. Okay, I could do this for hours. What were your biggest fears going into this entire process that either manifested themselves or turned out to be not as scary as you thought? I don't know. I think my biggest fear was being able to find the right realtor or right mortgage lender because they don't really teach you any of this in school. So no. like going out there, it's like, it's like a little fish going to a shark's ocean. Like it's very nerve wracking because you don't learn about this stuff until you're about to buy a house. Yeah. So I don't know. That's what terrified me the most is, are we going to find someone that's honest that's going to really help us or are they just going to try to milk us for our money? And seeing that we're in a vulnerable spot, are they going to you know, do things that's not going to be in our favor? That was probably my biggest fear. But I'm so glad that we reached out to you because on your podcast, you're always like, hey, reach out to me. Yeah. Email me. You know, contact me. I'm glad we took that first step because that was like the bridge into all of this goodness that we, we Abs have now. Absolutely. Like, it was taking that first step to hit you up and say, hey, this guy seems genuine on his podcast. He might be a decent guy if we, if we just reach out. And I'm glad we did that because once we started talking to you more, like that fear started to subside. And I was like, okay, 
when he speaks, he sounds genuine and he feels genuine. And it just, it he keeps that same him. energy when yeah. you need him, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is perfect. Yeah. And yeah, no, that, the, the podcast is not a character. That's just me. <laughs> it is. A lot of the things that you said when we first listened to you for about two months were things that we were already doing in terms of like, we paid off most of our debts. We're very humble people. We've been sharing a car for the last four years now, yeah, and we could years. easily get a second one, but why not? We continue to have our jobs near each other. We don't live beyond our means, and that was yeah, a big Yeah, but now thing. you have a badass house. <laughs> My biggest fear, I think, was not finding exactly what we wanted within this year. Because I knew we'd get it. It was just, I was like, I can't do it now. I want it now. And remember when we first met you, he was thinking another year from now. And I, I was like, no, that's not happening. I, I remember politely nodding at Alvin and looking at you and going, no, this is going to happen. <laughs> no, it, it's going to be sooner than that. Uh-huh. <laughs> but my thing, I guess one of my biggest fears that was relieved was him getting, having all of his questions and fears. Cause I'm pretty, when I understand something and when I feel what I feel, I don't question it too much. I keep going to the next step. He has to question it over and over and over and over and over again. And I can say the answer, you can say the answer, but it's that 50th time where it just snaps for him and then he's, he's off to the races until he hits the next thing. And so it was for me, it was important for me, for him to maybe be a little bit more excited than me, for him to be more comfortable than even I have been because, you know, he's the other half of this equation mm-hmm. and that's a big deal. I hope that we get to live and get all this crap together but not in a house where it was mostly that something I wanted or not in a space that he compromised for me. That was my thing was like, I hope that every step of the way, neither one of us is compromising because this is something we should both, it's all or nothing. And so that fear is completely gone because I got exactly what I wanted. So that was the neat thing is as we went through this process, we were answering questions and I think a lot of the, what people don't understand about the relationship with your real estate agent and you as the buyer is that on one hand, you completely trust that they know what they're doing because you've done the work. You've prepared, you've interviewed, or you've listened to the podcast. You know what I mean? You're comfortable with your choice. But on the other hand, I mean, there were tons of times when Alvin and I, he was like, wait a minute, David, break this down (laughs) for me. Asking the... (laughs) The same question 15 times. But, but, I, but that's I what he thought, needed. Yeah, and I want to be able to answer that for you guys. Yeah. And that's why I started the podcast. I'm assuming I'm going to tell you the same thing five times. So now the podcast is time number one that yeah. you hear it, you know? Yeah. And then yeah. time number two, three, four, and five will be when we're in the transaction. You know, suddenly we'll be in a counteroffer and I'll be able to say, hey, remember how we talked about time and money? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, so it was great because I always do the answer when Alan came to me and went, wait, David, now just one more time. How does this work? Sometimes you just got to keep on saying here's it. The thing. I, don't, I know there's a lot of people out there that's like that. Don't be ashamed. There, no, there's a ton. I have if, to answer. And, so and there's a I lot of people to, who should. You answer him and I'd have to answer again and explain it as well. So it was going to both of us. So, you know. Don't just nod and say, yeah, I think I know what's going on. No, totally. understand, you have to ask again because you will be uncomfortable the whole way through. 
if you don't ask the question over and over again. And if you're with someone doing this, you both, even if you're like me and I can be a little quicker on some things just because of semantics, like that's one of my superpowers is I understand how people say something, even though they only know how to say it this one way. And another person is saying the same thing, but differently. And they may not understand each other, but I get it pretty right on. Yeah. And I, and I understand that that's not necessarily his biggest strength. So it's just being patient. Like I know that I got it five repeats ago, but I have to wait for him to fully fill it in his spirit because we don't want to, you don't want to bring that bad juju into your new home, especially your first home. That's retarded. And especially as in any relationship, you don't want to be tearing each other apart through an experience that should be exciting. That should feel like this new high, this new thing that you get to live in. (laughs) Yeah. Us being able to communicate on every level and getting you as comfortable as you can. I think that's kind of the moral of the story is yeah. you guys are very prepared people. You're very knowledgeable about, okay, I need to hear this another time or, okay, I'm good. I got that move on. Yet it was still 30 days of handholding and craziness. Absolutely. Yeah. Doesn't and, matter and how much you get ready. Y'all ain't ready for this. Yeah. No, you could have your license. And if you're not doing it for years on end, and also financially knowledgeable, like you are on an academic level, like you know how, you know the history as to why things are the way that they are. The people are paying attention to the podcast. It's not fluff. It's not in between talk there. It's very, very significant to understand why this, these interest rates are the FHA loan versus a conventional loan, where all of this began, because it helps make so much more sense of everything now. Mm-hmm. Yes. And also, really quick side note, do not, I like the one thing I will tell people, do not go with an agent that is only doing it part-time because we almost had a a friend or two ask us to go with them. And it was the one thing we, we were like, as much as we'd love to help this friend, you know, make this money, we need someone, this is all you do. This is all you do. Because especially for a first time home buyer, you want someone, this is their life. This is all they Besides, if they have a family, you want them to have nothing but time to answer your questions. And if they dabble in it, they got their license and it's a side hustle, you're going to be sorely disappointed. Yeah. And God bless everyone with the side hustle. <laughs> but, you know, no you shade, can, but you can, no. you can sell your pot holders on the internet, but don't sell somebody a half million dollar house. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not even a little bit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, as you guys know, you're some of my favorite, if not my favorite. So to all my other clients out there listening, um, you're my favorite too. But, uh, <laughs> but you got competition. So. But you got serious competition because <laughs> you guys worked your freaking rear ends off to get here. And I'm so happy for you. And it was funny. You know, we're getting ready to do this podcast tonight, but we closed yesterday. And so yeah. I'm driving home because, you know, I'm working late at night. And I send them a little audio message of just me being happy for them, knowing we're going to do this podcast tonight. And I, you know, it's like nine, 10 o'clock at night and we're all crying about them getting a house. And <laughs> here we are on the podcast. But yeah. again, everybody notice we closed, but they still don't have the keys yet. So get yep. ready, y'all. <laughs> but it worked perfectly for us because then we get to move at the top of December, which means no full month of rent. Yeah. And also, if that was all they needed, I'm with it. And if you have all your ducks in a row, 
when you get to that point, unless there's something weird with the sellers, it can go really fast. It can go very fast. It literally becomes, you know, because, you know, in California, we have a normal 17-day contingency period. Mm-hmm. So for those of you out there who never heard of that before, it's kind of, you know, the buyer beware period, your chance to do your due diligence. Well, while that's happening, you're also filling out all the escrow and all the loans. So it's like 12 days of insanity yeah. where it just paperwork, 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 emails, 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 uh-huh. texts, and then all of a sudden all that's done. FedEx packages with mountains of stuff to sign and send Yeah, that. uh-huh. <laughs> I know, and girl, I tell you, it, it's a lot, but it used to be worse where before we got so much electronic stuff. Oh, yeah. But, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. You, we thought about to, it. We talked about it a lot. Thanks to us and the planet, too. <laughs> it's a lot, of, a lot <laughs> of tree killing to buy houses. The process can get, like I said, I don't think people understand how organized and put together you guys are. Yet, it was still a tornado yeah. once we it's got in. It's literally like that because it's crazy in the beginning and then you're in the center, you're in the eye of the storm. Yes. And then it gets crazy toward the end. Yeah, you almost yeah. miss the chaos when you're in the center of it because you're like, what's happening? What's happening? What's yeah. happening? Day 17 to day 25 is yes. kind of like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> and there's so many things happening out of order, but that's the order of it. What, you know, from pre-qualifying to conditional, conditional approval to you're finally approved. And a lot of people need to understand that <laughs> this is another reason he and I didn't tell very many people because... I mean, we knew we were going to get approved, but that sometimes happens that you don't. And you could be stuck paying these sellers all these fees because you have to drop out of escrow because you have beer, you know, money and champagne taste. And that was yeah. something that people, we actually know a couple of friends of ours really close to us who almost lost a home because of that. And so that was something else we had in our minds going into it to be within our means so that because all of these things are going to be happening simultaneously and one misstep could drop it, make it all fall down. And that's what I talk so much to all my listeners about. You cannot tap your phone to get a mortgage. No. If it takes five minutes. But so that's the first part of it. But the second part of it is what you were just talking about, Ashley. You get a pre-approval a month before you go look at a property. Yeah. But but then when you're in escrow, 17 more people look at your loan. It's not yeah. approved. Just because you mm-hmm. have that piece of paper from a month ago, you're going to underwriter to another underwriter to yeah. another under. Basically, it's a bunch of people's job to look at it and figure out how to not give you this money. Mm-hmm. They're trying to figure out what's wrong with this loan. And, and it, it can get very approved. personal, some of the questions they may ask you in terms of any blips on anything with your bank statements or your retirement or your credit or anything. Oh, yeah. I've had clients call me and say, the bank just called me and asked me why I deposited $275 that wasn't on the 1st and the 15th, because yeah. that's when I get my paycheck. They asked me where I got that money from. Yeah. yeah. And the guy was buying like a $700,000 house. And they well, like, your credit card, and you just so happen to have a large purchase that you intend to pay off before your balance is due, but that hits the radar that you spent $1,000 because that can, if you know, why did you do that? Where is this from? Because if you don't pay that balance off before it's reported to the credit bureaus, it could change your score. I have seen people buy their new couch or their new washer and dryer after contingencies are removed because they're excited, but the loan hasn't closed yet and it screws up the loan. 
I mean, it's still a little $700 or $1,000 purchase. And they're like, and now suddenly maybe they don't realize how close they were on the loan balance. And now they just yeah. pushed it the wrong way. Yep. Yeah. And it's just, you just have to be patient. You have to be ready to maybe have a furniture list living room for a week if it means not tipping the balance in any way down to the hour. Literally. Oh, yes. Wait until it's done and then yeah. do what you want. And I tell people all the time, wait until it's done and leave that one room empty. And I don't care if your family comes over because you need to figure out how to pay for a house. Yeah. You know, take two or three months making those payments. And when people come over, just tell them, oh, we're just not furnishing that yet because we're going to go antiquing and, you know, or whatever. We're going to go to the flea market. Just and, they, leave it. and if they bought a home, they should understand the deal. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. If they yes. bought a home, they should understand the deal. And the, and the last thing anyone buying a home, one thing with us is we don't live to make other people happy or impress anyone. We have to live with this. And if it means not having a couch for just another week, then that's what it is. I'm happy to let you know, y'all don't have to do anything to that living room. It can be, <laughs> it is beautiful. That and we got a nice extra chunk back from escrow because of all the over amount that we paid on certain things, which could be another surprise people don't know about with closing costs. Yeah, escrow pads everything. Yeah, yeah. and that and could be something that you can use towards furniture or things that you want in your new home. Yep. Or just putting back into your account. That's and, awesome. Yeah. Okay, you guys are the greatest. Like I said, I could do this all day long. Oh, thank you so much. I'm going to press stop on the recording right now. Uh, right. And those of you guys out there in podcast land, Alvin and Ashley, they're the bomb. See ya. <laughs> oh, I love those guys. I don't know if you could tell. They're amazing. And, and they didn't even get into like the real nitty gritty. That is a smart power couple. We talked about some heavy financial stuff. And I could do 30 minutes on recapping all of the super useful pieces of information that came out of there and a lot of stuff that didn't even come out because, like I said, we could have talked forever. But I'm going to break it down real quick for you, just recap a couple little nuggets. And more importantly, I guess I just encourage you to go back and listen to it again because I know you missed something because there was so much in there. And maybe you're on your treadmill or maybe you're walking the dog. I know every time I have to pick up the poop, I end up missing something on the podcast oversharing. Sorry. Look, one of the first things they said that was incredible, you never know. Maybe you don't get the keys right away because sometimes it ain't about what you want. I know you think that if you take all this time and playing and effort and you're putting up 200, 300, 400, or in their case, $700,000 that you're going to get everything you want. <clears throat> Wrong answer. Real estate is about time and money. And depending on who needs what, you're going to have to give up some of one to get some of the other. So what do you want to do? You want to give the seller more time or do you want to get a better deal? And don't forget, this entire time, the seller wants to win too. It's a really good analogy. You are not a customer buying a car, a new car. You know, you go in to buy a new car, you can demand all the options and you don't care because you'll just walk away and get down the highway and there's another car dealership right there. And you can demand all your options or you can buy it online and get it from one of those crazy vending machine things. You'll walk away. There's another dealership that's going to give you exactly what you want if you've got the money to pay for it. Well, home purchasing is not like that. Home purchasing is not a process of selection. It's a process of elimination of the available homes that are for sale. It's like buying a used car on a used car lot. 
Not buying a new car where you just go in and you choose everything and can walk away whenever you want and get it someplace else. What you do is you end up picking whatever car is available that day on that lot that fits most of your criteria. Now, in the process of buying a home, keep in mind that a lot of times, not only are you picking whatever car is available, but you might pick that car and it might be represented by an insane real estate agent or a seller who has super high demands on time or super high demands on money. So that means that you know maybe you don't get the car with the low, low miles and the leather interior package for that low, low price that you want. Things are going to have to be compromised. But the more prepared you are, the better the offer that you can make. One of the other great points they hit on was don't do this on your own because you're going to think that you're doing things in the ABC order. That was one of my favorite parts of the interview. That was what they said, not me. That was them. People who've just been through this. You think you're doing everything in ABC order and then you take things a little bit out of order and you walk into an open house before you've actually called your realtor, before you've actually finished all the paperwork with the lender and you think, oh, we've been doing everything great for years. We're good, smart people. And then you realize that you totally skipped A and some of step B, and now you ain't getting that home, and it's your dream home. Go back and listen to that section of the podcast again, because this is by far, I will say that again, by far the biggest, biggest mistake that I have seen hundreds and hundreds of first-time buyers do. Now, it's not totally your fault. No one's giving you the information. No one's explaining to you, hey, you need to start planning early because realtors suck and don't talk to you until they think they can get paid from you in 30 or 60 days. That's the way it goes. But the good thing is there is a portion of agents out there that will work with you. It's just the entire industry is not geared to do it that way. So what do you do? Well, now, especially people of a younger generation who have had a smartphone in their pocket since you know they hit puberty. That means that you're going to start looking stuff up and thinking you can do this all on your own. And then you skip steps. And then you go back and you listen to Ashley, who was one of the smartest, heady, intelligent. We talked about so much financial stuff. It blew my mind. If that girl skips a step and can't do it on her own, trust me, a lot of you people out there and a lot, including myself sometimes, you just can't do it. You don't skip steps. We just talked about the fact that you're already going to have to compromise when you're buying this used car and not the new car that you thought you were more than you think. So now if you skip steps, double the amount of compromise that you thought you were going to have to do. Alvin said it. He said it's not that black and white. Just because you made it out of the hood and you got a great stable job and you've been on the right track for a long time and you paid down your debt and you saved your money, but you did it without anybody telling you how and where you should be doing that. So what happens is you might have done all that stuff and been on the right track for a long time and you're doing the simple logical things, but it doesn't mean that the bank is going to be ready to give you that deal right away. And if you can't have that deal together, particularly when you're turning around trying to ask the seller, can I buy this house? If you don't have all your ducks in a row, who cares? And then even if you do get the deal, guess what? You're not getting the smoking deal because you're already limping into this as a weaker party in the negotiation. You know, you might have skipped A totally, and you might not even be considered for your dream home, even though you've done everything right to get to this point where you can be thinking about buying a $700,000 home. Even if you thought you did everything right, you might miss your dream house. Alvin and Ashley were amazingly lucky that we got back into it and I fought for them and we got them in because they had skipped A and gone to B and C and, you know, they had life and things happening. 
because they were traveling and all that. That's the way it goes. And then if you're skipping A and going to B and C and then looking to try to get to D, this end destination, well, that's called driving without a map. You're going to get somewhere. And you might think you know how to get there because you've already overcome a lot of obstacles in your life. But why would you do anything on your own if you don't have to? And it's free. Hire a pro for free to help you along the way. There's one little nugget at the end there too. Ashley talked about increasing your income on paper. This is a little more advanced stuff for those of you guys who might be self-employed or might not showing everything on your tax returns. Listen to that. Okay, if that made any sense to you, if that resonated, if you're not showing as much income because you want a big old fat tax return, if you're increasing all your write-offs so you can get more money every week, well, that's cool for now. But guess what? Fixing that, that can take years. And that means you need to start a plan yesterday. It's a big deal to make all that stuff work on paper. And I've done it a hundred times, but trying to explain to someone ahead of time, it's too difficult to break it all down and explain everything that has to be done until we open everything up and dissect it. And like Ashley said, get ready for it. They're going to look at stuff you don't ever think anyone's going to look at. But no worries. As you heard, a good unicorn is going to help you way before you're ready to buy. And they're going to get you ready to buy like a champ. And the last piece I love from that interview was Alvin talking about that they don't teach you this in school. And he's right. They don't. You need to learn this right. You need to learn it early. And you need to go in ABC orders and don't skip steps. Not because I want my job to be easier, but because I don't want you to call me and us get together and realize that you're going to miss out on your dream house. And I'm not mad at you. You don't know the steps because no one's ever taught you. So keep doing what you're doing. Listen to the podcast. Have this in your ear holes. This is the only place on earth where they're teaching this, this podcast, where they're telling you, get this done early and go find somebody and demand that they work with you. You don't bail on them and go get somebody else. Someone else will realize how important you are. Or better yet, better than all that, you can take my number one lesson from the podcast. It shouldn't be called how to buy a home. It should be called how to plan to buy a home. So if you're even thinking about the sometime in the future in your life, DM me, text me, email me, call me, get a unicorn. Let somebody else run the show for you. The right agent will get the right lender and the right plan. It might take one, two, or three years, but you will exponentially cut down the time it would have taken if you tried to do this on your own. Most of the time, I'm not kidding, we can cut it in half. I've had two or three podcast listeners that didn't think they could ever do this, and in less than three months, bam, bam, they're in a home. And you're going to have to compromise less at the eventual time that you will have to compromise in the negotiation because you followed the right plan. So the ball's in your court. Who you choose matters. That's what's going to help you win the game. And as you heard through this whole podcast, when you start with that professional guiding you, that matters even more. So do yourself a favor. Find a great team like Alvin and Ashley did. You'll hardly notice anything as you go through the process. It's going to be easier than you expected. It's your choice choosing a guide, so choose a good one. Find a unicorn and get some magic. There's other ways you can get more information. You can check out the How to Buy a Home Facebook page. Check out the YouTube and the Instagram. They're both uh, David Sedoni. Just search David Sedoni, S-I-D-O-N-I. Some of them have How to Buy a Home Guy. But YouTube and Instagram, great place to see some more content and also a great way to reach out to me. Follow, subscribe, and most importantly, get a plan. Don't just listen to me in your ear holes. 
Because the day you finally get up and decide you want to do things, you're going to realize you should have started months ahead of time because now it's going to take you that many more months to get to where you want to go. Go to my website right now, davidsedoni.com. Send me a message and let's find you a local unicorn and get you on your happy path. I'm here to help you, okay? By putting this podcast out here and helping you people all over the place, I'm taking time away from the clients I could be working with here. And that's because this is this important to me. I don't mind that it's peanuts to send you out to other people all across the country, but I know how to help and find the right unicorn for you. Go to the website, davidsedoni.com, send me a message, let's get you a local unicorn. If you like their story, I truly believe that you can be next. This has happened. Heck, gang, this is happening. And if you're listening to this in the future, I'm probably sitting in some fancy podcast studio doing this all day long with a huge team around me because I can feel it growing just in nine months. We've gone from people touching and reaching out to us, you know, every once in a while to reaching out all the time because the dreams are coming true. All you need is a guide. You don't have to feel lost. I do believe that you're next and you can have the same story and be just as badass as Alvin and Ashley. Have you been listening for a while and not connected not reached out, not asked for a unicorn in your area. What have you got to lose? If you don't like the unicorn, just don't use that agent and stop listening to my podcast. Who cares? Do it. Be like Alvin and Ashley. First, get a unicorn and then turn yourself into a badass. And your story can sound like theirs. You can do this.